talking for who, who Telegram is for, I think, you know, one of the big markets, like Jeff mentioned, is international markets that are just more prone to change the messaging app on their phone. And it's also interesting where Telegram's seen the most success. I think you kind of talked about this a little bit, Jeff, where it's like, hey, like Facebook had a major shutdown in 2021 and Telegram had this massive influx of users. Welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I am your second host, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, what's the absolute most secure message that you could send? Uh, I think invisible ink on exploding paper. Ooh, it's better than the Mission Impossible in exploding eyeglasses, where it's like sends you a message and then you have to throw them off before they explode on your face. Smart. Anything Very that explodes. Smart. But it has to explode in the right way, right? <laughs> not on your face this <laughs> is yeah. step number one <laughs> today's show we're talking about telegram a cloud-based instant messaging service jeff do you use telegram i don't use telegram what kind of messaging service do you use honestly it kind of depends on the friend group I, I, you know i actually haven't thought too much about this so i use instant uh i use like iMessage. i use discord i use signal um i have one friend that uses gchat which isn't my favorite i love um, gchat Bring I it back. Use, Bring Gchat back. Slack. I will use Facebook Messenger. It's kind of spread out all over the place, actually. I, one thing I don't use is I don't use um, like WhatsApp, which like when you go to Europe, everyone is or anywhere in outside of the US, like everyone's using WhatsApp. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I, I mine my messaging is spread all over the place. Yeah, kind of the same way. Like everything that you said, like it's that I'm looking at my apps now. It's like that everything you described. But I also use GroupMe. Shout out to the fantasy football group me chat. It's an awful app, but there's a lot of history on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was before it was like the OG like group app. Cross platform. Yeah. Yeah. OG cross platform Um, app. But now, now here we are. And then I use WhatsApp. I use WhatsApp pretty heavily. So I went to grad school and it was, I think 40 to 50% of my class was international. And so, Mm -hmm. um, we also started off like our big Simon MBA group chat in WhatsApp. So just, ended up having lots of phone numbers there. But it's interesting because like ABHD, the YouTuber actually did a really cool YouTube video on describing why or the differences between like messaging apps in Mm -hmm. the US versus everywhere. And like 90x percent of US customers use the standard default messaging app as their primary way to text people Mm -hmm. on their phone. Whereas it's exactly what you just said, where it's the opposite internationally. It's a huge shout out to our First time caller, long time listener, diplomat on Instagram. So thank you, diplomat. I'm, I don't know yeah. your name, but um, thanks, really diplomat. Sh- exactly. Thank you, diplomat. It's a very uh, cool name for this episode on, on Telegram. But thanks for the recommendation to do Telegram. It's a new app to me, so I had to download it and and get much more familiar with it. But Telegram is a freemium messaging service that lets users send end to end encrypted chats to each other with a whole suite of things that you would expect with your messaging app. So like group messaging, you can also do secure messaging for one on one. This service is primarily built from open source components. It has five major data centers distributed in different regions to provide some messaging redundancy and also in case there's bad actors in one region. There's other servers as, as backups is what I mean by redundancy. So looking at the Telegram app when you first signed up, so I thought it was super interesting. Like you swipe right, right away, and there's four or five different 
messages that pop up to you of like, this is what Telegram is. And first off, it says it's the fastest messaging app, which I thought was super interesting. Like, how do they, how do they measure that? I want to, yeah. I want to see, I want to see some data there, but that's just the, the product person to me. But the second thing is, is it's free with unlimited cloud storage. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, the third is there's no limits to media or chat sizes, which I thought that was a premium feature, but I guess that's technically true. But anyways, and then the fourth one was secure and cloud-based. And then the fifth was you can also edit and delete messages after sending, which is a pretty neat feature. Talking through the customer experiences that I had, it was actually really nice to, to sign up. I think that you know in today's world, everything's mobile first. You have to be super fast, to keep people's attention. It was super seamless. It took me about all of 30 seconds to sign up and get onboarded to the app. You know, I typed in my phone number, Signal sent me an SMS message with a four or five or six digit code. And then I was able to verify that this was, hey, this is Mike Alcazarin indeed. Key features that I noticed off the bat is people can put animated emojis directly in their names, which is uh, pretty cool. One of the guys, Mo, that's in my contacts, Mo had a, a skull, like a skull that was like moving, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool, oh, like wow. um, cool. In, in his name, which I thought was awesome. You can also see the last online status, um, which brings me back to the AIM days. And I know like an early Product Explained episode was American, oh, I don't even know how to say it, AOL Instant Messenger. Thank you. AIM. Um, <laughs> AIM. <laughs> yeah. And that was a feature that I loved on AIM was you could see like, hey, like when was this person last online? You can also get read and receives, which is super handy. And then lastly, like I mentioned earlier, you can do group chats and secret chats and video calls directly within the app. Um, Talking a little bit about the technology behind Telegram. So Telegram developed the technology protocol called MTP Proto or MT Proto rather. And this allows two users with unique shared keys between them to communicate and only have those messages read between those two devices. And I will preface this, I'm no cryptography expert at all. I have read the book Cryptonomicon, which was very long. I kind of recommend it. It was average. Anyways, I digress. This custom system, the MT Proto is a quote, symmetric encryption encryption scheme. Wikipedia actually had a really good diagram to describe what that scheme looks like using colors. So I think the dumb version for me to say this, and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, anyone that (laughs) writes into the show, but basically imagine if Jeff and I are messaging each other and our key is a very specific shade of green. So it's a very specific color green that is basically our key. So only that color green can read and decipher the messages. It's essentially that key to like send data back and forth to each other. So mm-hmm. that's essentially the, the very high level of it. It's based off of three core technologies. The first is 25, 256-bit AES encryption. The second is 2048-bit RSA encryption. And then the third is Diffie-Hellman key exchange. And the latter Diffie-Hellman key exchange is kind of what I described. That's like one of the foundational like mm-hmm. principles of, of cryptography. And then the last feature that I'll describe is that it's cloud-based. So users can access their chats on just about any inter- internet-connected device. We just did robotic lawnmowers. I don't think that counts as a device that works on <laughs> Telegram, <laughs> but that would be pretty cool if your robot came to you and if it, did, and if it didn't imagine to, or didn't manage to roll, run over your foot it could tell you your message. but I think it would just like there. cut out the message, the text into your lawn. <laughs> you're thinking, you're thinking good now, Jeff. I love it. But yeah, that's, that's Telegram in a nutshell, talking about their business model. So it was kind of hard to find this information. Jeff, I don't know if you're going to talk about this in the history, but from what I gather is that they sell sponsored messages, but they also offer for sure a premium paid version that users pay a certain dollar value per month. 
And Telegram Premium, it gives you a higher upload size, faster download speeds, premium stickers, and advanced chat management, and quote more. That is Telegram and everything related to it. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. There's so many messaging apps. And like it's funny because I feel like not until recently, I didn't realize it made such a big difference. I think the main thing is like making sure everyone agrees to using the same platform, right? Like, yep. as I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, there's this discrepancy of like different platforms I'm using for different groups. And that can be really frustrating. Getting everyone on one centralized platform is like, would be awesome. <laughs> but the problem is everyone kind of likes different things from different places, or they don't want to migrate conversations around. So that's obviously a, a big issue. Yeah, and I was going to save this for like the who it's for, but I'll just like, in, while we're talking about it, and that's where I think something that Google has been pushing for super hard is something called RCS, which is Rich Communication Services. And what this is, is a protocol for how you communicate text messages back and forth. Today, the de facto messaging protocol that we use is SMS, which is really basic. Like you're literally just limited to 140 characters or whatever that is of text to send back to someone. And then everything else is translated back on the phone's end. Like if you send like a, a smiley face, then that becomes that emoji. Um, so what RCS is trying to do is, is basically all of these messaging apps and all the extra side features that you're doing of like, even something as simple as like long pressing and liking a message or long pressing and reacting to a message, uh, they want to bake that into this. And that is baked into RCS. There's a problem because Apple obviously has a lot of skin in the game to not adopt this because they have such a good product with iMessage mm -hmm. that, that they're not going to switch over from SMS as the default or switch over to RCS rather. So I think it's, it's super interesting um, where I think it's eventually going to get adopted, but I think it's more of a question of it's going to be far, far in the future. But anyways, I think once RCS, my point is once RCS gets adopted as a protocol, I think that you're going to see a lot of these apps lose a ton of market share because especially in the US where it's just like the default is the, you know, Samsung messaging app or whatever phone that you use. Yeah. Um, let's talk about how the product came to be. I think this is going to shine light as to like why I guess some of this like security, all the security protocols for Telegram are so important and how they came to be important. So it was launched in 2013 by Nikolai and Pavel Durov, which they're brothers. They had previously founded a Russian social network called VK. And they actually left that company in 2014 because it was, you know, basically taken over by the government. <laughs> they asked them Man. to, they kind of forcibly made them sell their shares of the company and took it over, which now, as you can imagine, is part of why they wanted to create something that was a bit more decentralized. So um, after Pavel had left Russia in 2014, he had said they were moving country to country with like a small group of engineers of like 15 core members. Although a, a former VK employee said they were actually still in St. Petersburg. So I don't know if this was part of like the branding of the company. Like we were nomads. Like we were trying to find something that was skirting around, uh, you know, government surveillance, etc. But anyways, they um, tried to settle down in Berlin in 2014 to kind of create their headquarters, but failed to obtain permanent residency for all of their hmm. employees. Uh, so they decided to kind of move, move elsewhere in 2015. That's fascinating. They eventually landed in Dubai. As far as I know, they're a Dubai-based company and they were, they've been there since 2017. So a little bit of backstory as to like the kind of culture that was around uh, when they're creating this app. They wanted obviously something that was like not specific to one country's uh, use. Like we talked about like iMessage and you know, oftentimes when people build products in the U.S., they have to like kind of bend and abide by regulations for the U.S. But in this case, like they're trying to build something that's a bit more global. So I think that's a challenge in, in and of itself. But they kind of lived in, and breathed this because they were in so many different countries at the time. Totally. So uh, in terms of their growth by 2013, so this was, I guess, like, yeah, 
even the first year, they had a thousand, a hundred thousand daily active users and fifteen million users, uh, daily active users by twenty fourteen. Man, it's talk about pretty, hockey stick. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a pretty incredible growth. I mean, it, but you can you can imagine how this works, right? So somebody's like, hey, I want to send you a message. I want it to be secure. I'm not going to send you a message or an iMessage. I'm going to use Telegram. And then messaging is just one of those things that has built-in network effects, right? You have to, two people at minimum have to be talking <laughs> for you to be using messaging apps. You can't. But there's always that one person in the group chat text that themselves. never says anything. <laughs> no, that, that never says anything. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sending text myself as a reminder. So in 2014, they were also generating 1 billion daily messages, which is pretty incredible. If you huh. use the 15 million number uh as kind of like the core daily active users that means 66 messages were sent per person daily which seems to check out i think most people send around at minimum you know probably like 100 That's messages fair. a day i mean seems, like, with, seems reasonable within ballpark especially if you're like a hello person like hey hey yeah sorry you type like that. wall of text in 2014 south korea surveillance actually like because they're kicking up their surveillance a lot of people switched to telegram because of that so i think that's also really interesting as more and more people are like trying to skirt government uh surveillance they're like moving to something that's a bit more secure uh in 2021 they announced that they had around quote-unquote about 500 million monthly active users so that's huge um what a baller sentence yeah yeah around yeah half a billion monthly active users (laughs) TechCrunch reported in 2021 that India had their largest market share. Uh, so they have about 22% of the total uh, Telegram installs. So kind of interesting. I don't know much about like India's surveillance government. You know, it's not like China or Russia levels to my understanding, but, you know, kind of interesting to kind of call out. Also in 2021, uh, there was a Facebook outage that resulted in 70 million new users signing up for Telegram. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So I think this is a consistent thing is that they from what it seems, have like a pretty consistent and reliable service. Uh, And when you have these big companies go down and people are using Facebook Messenger and it doesn't work for them or Instagram Messenger, they move to another platform and then they might be like, oh, this is nice. Now they have this big, big event that'll cause them to like migrate and uh, they'll use that platform moving forward. In 2022, they announced they had 700 million monthly active users. So that's kind of the user growth uh, over time. I'm going to actually reel that back and talk a little bit about some changes they had made for the, on the platform throughout the years. So in 2015, Telegram had launched a platform for third-party developers to create bots. So huh. I think this isn't new for most messaging apps. I mean, I think Instagram even does something like this. And by bots, I don't mean the people that are like posting on Instagram <laughs> uh, saying, like, hey, come check out my profile. But it's more like... If you are a store, for example, you can create a bot that says like, hey, welcome in, like check out our newest catalog items, something like that. And like, aside from that, I'm surprised that there's not like a, a super app in the US like WeChat, you know, where I feel like this like Telegram could be that, you know, where it's like if you build enough bots to start selling things and like having that, it could be that app yeah. that everyone uses, that does everything on. I wonder if that's just part of like open market like people there's so many people that can create a messaging app and add little features here and there it kind of depends on which one you adopt first like you're saying mm-hmm. and then people just stay on that whereas in other countries like maybe it's like there's not as much competition i don't know and then so people are just naturally using whatever like it's easier to kind of float to the top uh in, in international markets because for example like uh i think a lot of the you know facebook for now at least like facebook messenger it feels like is being more contained to us because other countries are like you know blocking facebook and not allowing facebook for example (laughs) right so i think that's part of the problem one thing to call out is that because it's been so anonymous and secure and locked down um obviously one problem that you're going to get trade-off wise is that you'll get fringe groups using the platform so isis began using the platform um this prompted 
a response from Pavel, who's one of the co-founders. They had to block something like 78 public channels in 2015 that were spreading propaganda. I don't know the actual numbers of how many people were, how many terrorists (laughs) or proposed terrorists were on uh, Telegram, but just interesting to kind of call out. They were claiming, uh, they claimed to have like blocked both bots and channels related to terrorism, but they specifically weren't censoring politically motivated speech. So they wanted to kind of maintain free speech without like allowing for, I guess, like racism, (laughs) or at least political free speech. So that's like an interesting blurry line, I would say, to like kind of ride. I think that's a kind of a really interesting one. Another thing that to call out is in 2016, there was a French anti-terrorism group that are, I guess, investigators. um, And they said that um, there was a recent murder of um, this priest in Normandy, uh, which one, the US just investigates internally a lot of times. Like, uh, obviously, we have like, you know, um, international policing. But I just think it's interesting that these like French police were looking into a murder for another priest in Normandy. I don't know if that priest had like French citizenship or something. Anyways, so this was completely planned by two ISIS terrorists that were using the app to coordinate because they they felt like it was safe and secure. Um, And that's what they found out. So, I mean, like, ultimately, you're going to get that, you know, when people are like, oh, I can, there's this back alley, nobody's going to see us in this back alley, we can talk about whatever we want. It could be as innocent as like trading Pokemon cards, or it could be as nefarious as murder. Um, So, you know, you kind of get what you get there. Some other groups that have been claimed to have used uh, Telegram are include like neo-Nazi groups and Proud Boys. So some ultra conservative some um, awful people as well. <laughs> like, uh, so, I mean, I, again, like, I guess part of the territory when you have kind of a, a locked closed door. Um, I guess the last unhappy thing that I'll mention is that there's been a pretty large influx in like child and teenage pornography distribution, which Telegram has uh, sometimes been a channel for. They, they do offer a way to kind of, I guess, like report some of these channels for that. Um, and they'll even post statistics on how many channels are banned, etc. But this is a pretty tough thing to kind of monitor and police for, obviously, when your whole MO is that this is like a secure line. No, it's it's, it's a really challenging issue, I'm sure, for like the tele- like Telegram as a company of like you offer like this really secure service. And like there's lots of reasons why you need that secure messaging, which I'll get to like for who it's for. But then it also like I read all like the examples that you mentioned where it brings in these like potentially like really, really terrible actors. So if like finding the right way to, to moderate that, I think is crucial for any messaging service to, to scale. But talking for who, who Telegram is for, I think, you know, one of the big markets, like Jeff mentioned, is international markets that are just like, more prone to change the messaging app on their phone. And it's also interesting where Telegram's seen the most success. I think you kind of talked about this a little bit, Jeff, where it's like, hey, like Facebook had a major shutdown in 2021 and Telegram had this massive influx of users. But there's also like areas where Telegram has overtaken WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger to become the most popular instant messaging application. These are countries like Belarus, Moldova, Jordan, Armenia, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Russia, Ukraine, Ethiopia, Cambodia. These are all places that have had massive air, massive conflicts in mm-hmm. where it's like geopolitically unstable and you don't know if like the government or maybe the like opposite party might actually get your messages and you might yeah. be like a threat there. So they're actually providing this real service for sending like a secure message that might actually get you killed if it's not okay to for the government or whoever's in charge to actually or thinks that it's not okay for you to talk about politically motivated X, Y, and Z. I thought it was interesting that Telegram had 700 million active users, like you mentioned. Like that's literally like what 10% of the world's population. So it's yeah, it's crazy segment share that they have. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it's it's really interesting that I don't think it's really well adopted in the in the U.S. Like when I signed up, like it was probably like. I don't know, 10% of my contacts that were signed on and everyone was like there for 
they, they were last seen like four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, the last thing I'll, I'll say about who <laughs> Telegram's for is like, it was kind of confusing to me, but when I signed up for the app, it, it made it sound like my account will be shuttered within a certain period of time if I'm not active. Huh. Um, so if I get shut off, like if I don't use this for, I think, the default six months, I immediately get signed out and my account gets canceled, which which, which is probably good just for data hygiene where it's so they don't just yeah. have like, you know, all this cloud data that they're paying right. for. But I also thought it was just interesting where like you're used to like kind of the opposite approach for at least like I think it's the opposite approach. They can like, probably tout it forever. as like, oh, data security, right? Like we're going to clear totally. a bunch of stuff so that nobody can get a trail of it. So there's like a there's like a hidden benefit for them where they can kind of like save on storage costs. But yeah, I agree. Cool. Let's chat about um, some other competitors in the the space of instant messaging. We talked about a couple of them, but um, Signal is another one that's really popular right now. Kind of the same thing. I think there's some pretty good adoption in uh, in the U.S. Maybe particularly in the tech space. WhatsApp we talked about. There's been other ones that have been more social, like Viber and Line and GroupMe. Um, there's been a ton of instant messenger apps, you know, of late. So. I think it mostly has to do with, I guess, Discord isn't when I mentioned um, Gchat. I think it really has to, de- it depends on the group that you're chatting with and then like where they kind of started with. Like, I, ultimately, I think it's gonna be really hard to migrate everyone into like one or two apps like and dominate the market share because at the end of the day, it's just messages. <laughs> it's just like a very base level conversation. But So contextual. Yeah, exactly. But so I, I think it's hard to get like complete market share here. And I think that like even recently, it feel, it took, I feel like it took a long time for people to start coming around on like, oh, you know, locking down your messages is something you might consider doing. Right. So I think it's going to be maybe really challenging in terms of like conversation innovation, if that makes sense. Like I'll give you one example. You know, iMessage like started supporting like voice messages a few years ago. And I don't think it's had a lot of widespread adoption. And I think part of it's like a cultural thing. You don't want to be like airing out your dirty laundry uh, (laughs) on the subway and like sending a voice message to somebody. So, I mean, some people do, but I think most people are like, I want to be, you know, a little bit more private here. And like, I just want to, uh, you know, text somebody um, in in confidence. Maybe we should have a spinoff show called Sexting on the Subway. (laughs) (laughs) But only in voice. Yeah, yeah, voice sexting on the subway. Yeah, that's a YouTube channel waiting to happen. Um, (laughs) But what I will say, like, from a cultural perspective is, like, my parents who are not, uh, like, they'll text sometimes, but, you know, they're not native English speakers. What they'll do is that uh, they'll actually use voice messages to just send me something on the go. So I think that's where it's interesting. Like, you do have some, like, niche use cases where um, there's some feature, some sort of innovation when it comes to um, conversations that might change how people message one another. Um, but it feels like that curve is pretty slow. There's like less and less opportunity over time. Totally. Well, we can talk about our thoughts. I like, so I'm a Signal user. Like that's like my primary messaging app, primary, primarily because I want to start like driving like more secure messages. But the problem is, is like, I have probably like, I don't know, a third of my friends that I text frequently that are on it and everyone else is on something different. Mm-hmm. I actually like really like Telegram way better. <laughs> like the messaging systems just seems like there's, it's, there's so much more functionality on Telegram as compared to, to, to Signal. I think Signal's like mission is like it wants to stay like a not for profit and it's like they're they're funded by donations and like all of these things so it's like more open source which i kind of like and want to support that but i think it's like one of those things like it's where it's like kind of like a two-sided marketplace where you need to have other people to talk to and so if there's not a lot of people to talk to on it like 
is there a ton of value there? Yeah, so, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'm going to call my rating a 3.9 just because for me, it's like here in the US specifically, it's like no one's really on it. Like it's, I, don't, I wouldn't get a, value, a lot of value out of it over like WhatsApp or switching to Signal. I already have so many other apps. So I don't need another app totally. for like super specific messages. Yeah, I'm going to go right in there with you and also give it a 3.9. I don't think that there's enough there future-wise for me to say i'm not going to use signal i'm going to use telegram and then like same thing with you like i use it to send some secure messages but honestly like i don't use it that often like i still text like primarily via iMessage or or something else right so it's not like it's not that important and i'm also not one of those people that are like oh everything i send like the government's watching um (laughs) i don't care (laughs) sometimes the people are like i need to go pick up groceries at 3 p.m yeah it's not I don't think of my of myself as that important of a person, um, but I, I get it. You know, people care about their security. So, but I think overall, like I, it's not quite there where I'm only going to use Telegram. So I can't really give it like a four point zero. Um, but I do see that there's clearly a need for it, especially with a lot of people in other countries out, outside the U.S. So I kind of want to give a nod to that, and I'll also give it a three point nine. I love it. Well, thank you, Diplomat, for this recommendation. We really appreciate you reaching out and letting us know you wanted to us to talk about. Let us know what you thought about this episode, if this answered all the questions that you had about Telegram. But keep reaching out to us. You can find us on social media at Prodex Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah, and we unfortunately don't have a Telegram account for uh, products podcast. But if you want to just you know send us a message about our show or give us any suggestions on what products we should review next, you can just obviously send us a message on Instagram, like Mike mentioned. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, etc. Leave us reviews. Unfortunately, those won't be encrypted. I think most people will get a chance to look at those, uh, but you'll see the rating. And yeah, see you next episode. <laughs>